Pickaxe. This episode is brought to you by Easy Roller Dice. You've been hearing about them from us for a few weeks now, and with good reason. These metal dice are phenomenal, and we've told you all about how great they feel when you open them and when you roll them. They just, it's fantastic. And the cool thing is, we know some of you have picked some up, because you have been showing them off on our Discord server and on our Facebook, and I haven't seen a set yet that hasn't been absolutely gorgeous. Now, on top of the metal dice, which are just perfect... They also sell huge bags of bulk dice. For those of you who have like a mighty need for a large dice collection very quickly, maybe you have a lot of friends come over or you just can't find the right die when you need it, or you're like me and you just lose dice very easily. Though I will say, much harder to lose a metal dice when it comes in a super cool ceremonial kit. But you know, let's say. If you do make a purchase from Easy Roller Dice, come show us over on our Discord or on our official Facebook group so that we can see and just compliment the shit out of them. And of course, please don't forget to let them know that the folks at DNR sent you. Without any further ado, here's the show! We go around the table and introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm the Dungeon Master. Going around the table, start with Xavier. Hey, I'm Xavier, and I play Donovan the Human, who is a fighter. And Robert. Hey, I'm playing uh, half-orc druid Ubo. And Kelsey. Hey, I'm playing Aster, the elven archer. And Michael. Hey, I'm Michael, and I play Amvin Yamil, the half-elf storm mage. And James. Hey, it's James, and I play Esno Masoka, the rogue half-elf. I said that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no wrong answers. All Masoka. All as long as all the info's there, it's fine. It's cool. uh, and Susan! Hey, I'm Susan, and I play Madeline Riawin, the human cleric. Oh, man, so you guys... Whew. Let's pick things up <clears throat> directly after we left off. It is the 12th of yesterday. It is, uh, it's evening. There's been a bit of an uproar in the camp, obviously, as the prisoner that you've been escorting back to the orc encampment for the Mozog uh, has been brutally executed. <laughs> it was technically trial by combat, but that was a flat-out execution. And... I, I, I'd really like to start off with, with Maddie and Masoka. Because while the orcs and Ubo are, are, are celebrating and they're, they're enjoying this, this victory over this tiny, puny human, 
Maddie, I, I'm imagining at least to some degree, did any part of her get bloody? Like, was it just a clean cut? Like, did you keep your hands away or was it just like slice, get back? That type of thing. Because he was probably Ugh. coded in his own bodily fluids, like top to bottom. Like he was he was in really bad shape. So did, oh. was that a thing that Maddie would have taken care, like not to get? No. <sighs> she probably would have grabbed a collar when she leaned in close and held that dagger at that angle against his throat. And then, you know, you know, did her thing. <laughs> so at least one hand is bloody. And if blood splurted out of his neck, that hand is bloody as well. You know what? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. A lot of blood. A lot of blood. So maybe splatters on her face, too. <laughs> so there's some blood. <laughs> uh, let me... Okay. What would Masoka's... What would Masoka's reaction be to this? <clears throat> well, he was like... He was right close there, too, right? So he probably got... You handed her the blade. Yeah, so he got blood on himself, too. And probably got, like, blood in his mouth or something, because... Oh, gross. Yeah, well... <laughs> he just Who knows like, what he had? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> no, he'd probably, you know, he'd probably be just sitting there kind of kind of wide-eyed, because it's, it's pretty, uh... It's pretty real. And, uh... I think he'd just kind of look up at her and, and just say, uh... Are, uh... Are you Okay. So Maddie was like super close, like whispering in his face. Not whispering, but is that soft talking into his face? So her face probably has blood splatters on it and she's holding his collar. And then like when he speaks, she's kind of like going to jolt like, oh, man, I realize the situation on my end and who I'm surrounded by and going to jolt immediately, let go of his collar and actually let go of the dagger, too. Like, even though it's his, and, like, sit back on her heels, pull up her hands in front of her face, and just, like, start looking at her hands, and they're going to start shaking. Okay. I think Esna would probably put a hand on her shoulder just to steady her and sort of look She's over She's going to jump when you touch her. <sighs> okay, he'll, be, he'll just put his hands back and be like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And then he'll sort of look over at the orcs and just, like put his finger up to his lips like shh you know just so they don't get uh, alerted to what's going on over there she's gonna look up at him when he does the shush and there's gonna be like her eyes are gonna be misty not teary but like obviously like there's something going on and then she's gonna blink and this calm is gonna settle over her and she's gonna pick up the dagger and hold it out to you and if you take it She's yeah. just going to go through the motions of performing the rites, but it's obviously, like, super mechanical. Like, just, she's done this a million times, so she's going to put his hands over his chest, start praying over him, put a symbol of a monitor on him. Just super, like, she's done this a million times, and no emotion behind it. So go take back the, the dagger, kind of just... He'll just wipe it off on his pants. He doesn't care. He'll kind of, you know, just stand back a bit and watch her go through whatever she's doing there. And uh, he'll just, I assume he has like a rag or something like that. Clean. That he'll pull out. And when she's done, 
sort of hand it to her, you know, with his hand, like kind of wave it around his face, but looking at her because she's got blood all over. But even he's not sure if it's appropriate to even say something right now. So he'll just leave it at that. So you're like right up on her. So you probably still notice that her hands have a slight tremor to them, even though her face is blank. No emotion. She still has, she's still shaking a bit. And she'll take the rag, nod at you, and start vigorously scrubbing at her hands. And if they know of a stream nearby, she'll start going that direction, or she'll go towards her bag if there's not a stream nearby. There would be a stream nearby, very close by, actually. Okay, she'd go straight for it. Is anybody going to stop her along the way? No. Okay. Well, once she gets there, she's going to scrub her hands and face until they're raw. I want to I wanna catch up with Donovan really quickly, because Donovan was fairly close by as well. Mm-hmm. With their... I guess, what would Donovan's reaction be? Because I would imagine you'd see enough to see Maddie kind of lean down, but probably be to her back. Right? So, like, mm-hmm. probably not get a really good glance at exactly what happened. But it's pretty clear that Masoka did. All right. I'm going to pocket this for now, actually. But I'll, I'll, I'll definitely remember that. Okay. What about the rest of the group? What would Aster be doing? Um, so, Aster, they just kind of are off by themselves a bit. <laughs> away from everyone else. I mean, as soon as it was decided what was going to be done, I mean, they, they kind of knew what was going to happen next. So they, uh, kind of often just thinking about everything. I mean, they heard the noises and yeah, that was everything that happened. So yeah, Astrid and Amvin both sort of walked off. Um, I don't know if you walked in the same direction, if, if it was something where you met up. I, I feel like if, if, if Amvin did kind of walk, Wayne, if Aster saw him, they'd kind of look at him, not quite give him a look, because, I mean, it was obviously pretty bad, but just kind of seeing that what his reaction was. and So, let's see. Do you know which direction? Because my, my direction, I'd probably want to be walking to a way away from the place, but I wanted to find either a stump or a rock that, like, faces you, like, the direction of Umaniro. Hmm. I mean, so I they, they just the kind direction. of went away, generally, like the opposite so, direction of where so yeah, we, we could say that so. We could say that we, by coincidence... Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, totally. So, if anything, Ammon probably wouldn't even acknowledge you were there, because he probably didn't even see you in his... because he was in his head. But you would see that he was... his face was very focused, kind of confused, but mainly focused, kind of frustrated. And if I found that spot, I don't know if it was in visibility, but you'll notice I'd be sitting there... I do not have my book out or anything like I'm not writing like normally I sit down in a place and I pull out my book and I start writing and you know mm-hmm. notes but no notes just sitting there deep in thought staring towards Umaniro. yeah they're they won't say anything they're gonna give them his space and I kind of walk a bit so that within his is just in case like he does want to talk or or say anything or just whatever but they're not gonna Force on him. Yeah, this is this isn't their first rodeo with the orcs, but it's rough when it's your first time. <laughs> yeah, he he'll just be sitting there, 
can't really read it other than frustration, maybe, but definitely deep in thought. Cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> with with the wind flowing through my hair. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dust in the wind. I would imagine Ubo's probably still celebrating with the orcs, right? Yeah. Um, no, more, more or less. Uh, he's pretty happy with how this went. Like, he kind of sees off in the distance Maddie processing, and he's not... Obviously, he's not close enough to, like, get the fine detail of it, but all that's kind of going through his head is, ah, she'll figure it out. Like, she'll, you know, <laughs> she'll she'll get better. Like, you know, I'm sure this was a little rough on her, but, you know, um, it's, uh, like, just growing pains, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's how he's imagining her process here. What would be, um, we talked at the end of the last session, but what would Ubo be thinking about, like, I would imagine uh, that feeling of, you know, there's this, there's a celebration and, and Ubo's being included. And you know, as Ubo, that tomorrow you're about to march into a camp that you're pretty familiar with. And the last time you were there, things didn't go well. How would, how would Ubo be feeling in that moment? Um, it's kind of a mix, right? Like he's uh, on the one hand near, near the end of last session, we talked about some orc that the orc that I had previously Orag. had a falling out with Orag. Thank you. Yes. So Ubo, Ubo knows like that's kind of on the horizon. And so he's, he's kind of like, yes, he's in the moment here celebrating, but on the back of his mind is, how am I going to approach this? Like, on the one hand, I have Orag to deal with. On the other hand, we've got a really big win here because the pink-skinned peoples just respected our rights and, and just let us do our thing, and that needs to be communicated if there's going to be any hope of living as neighbors. And so it's it's kind of a, like, yeah, all right, I'm hanging out with the orcs and, and celebrating and trying not to look too... Um, I'm trying not to look too introspective because it's not very orcish to look introspective, but, but he's, uh, yeah, he, he's in the back of his mind. He's kind of cooking over all the angles and like, you know, the, the tense part of this isn't over. Hmm. I would imagine after a while, the celebration will start to die down and you guys are going to be making camp just to bed down for the night. That is, Unless anybody wants to do anything, we're going to advance to the 13th of Yesti, and we're going to get going. Yeah, I would just... Let's say we have, like, a campfire during... As we set up camp and, and, and oh, yeah. stay for the night. I'd like to have a little uh, a, a conversation around the fire with uh, Ubo. If he... If he... If he'll allow me. Uh, he doesn't send you away. You just... If, if you come over, he just kind of looks and... Like yeah. waits waits for you to go. Cool. And so he just like sit right next to you, and kind of looks at the fire while talking to you, and he just says, "I want that. I want what you and the orcs just just had. I want. I'd like to celebrate like an orc tomorrow. Think you can arrange that for me? It will not be up to Ubo to say." I am not in charge there. Not in, uh, what is the word Amvin uses? Good graces. I don't even know what that means. 
I think it means I am not liked enough. What? You're likable, Lubo. Don't 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 look down yourself like this. I'll you know what? Let's make a deal. If you help me, if you just translate whatever I need to to the orcs to to I to just be an orc for a night and celebrate. Why don't you like why don't you use use me? Why don't you just mock me with the orcs? Why don't you make fun of this puny human who wants to party like an orc? Why don't you use me to just bond? Being a scapegoat's pretty easy. Mm. That could turn their eyes away. From... Let me be your I'll I'll be your wingman. That will be hard. You do not have wings. Well, we'll see if I need them to fly. Ubo just furrows his brow. None of this makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He kind of like slaps you on the the thigh. And he's like, all right, well, just sleep on it. See if it's a good idea or not. Either way, I'm going to try to party with the orcs tomorrow. We will try what you say, but it will take a lot to make them not think about my half-breed blood. All right. Well, I'll do my best to help you out then. You know, distract them from that. You are a good comrade, Donovan. And you know what? If this works out, I'm going to owe you big time. If you need a favor at any point after this, just just call 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 me in. Anything, I'll be there. Mm. And uh, yeah, he just like stands up and goes back to his uh, his bedroll, and retires for the night. Anyone else? I would imagine <clears throat> it's it's pretty quiet there, right? I imagine the orcs have you know bedded down some time ago. Uh, it's a pretty quiet evening. You get the crickets going. Um, nice kind of spring, springtime night. Um, I would imagine it's also really peaceful to to kind of bed down under the stars like that. After, uh, especially after some some of that unpleasantness earlier in the day. Uh, and again, if no one wants to do anything, we'll move on. Maybe when uh, when Evan does return to the camp, maybe mid mid-meal or something um there'll be a point where he ends up breaking out his book but he's very methodical looks like he's writing out a spell or something and once maddie returns she's just either for a little bit she's dead eyes stare at the campfire and then eventually she'll just bed down without saying anything let's do a thing can can you describe what Maddie wears actually? Because my memory isn't always amazing. I could have all white. <laughs> I could have sworn you said you wore white. It was a lot of white. It was a white tabard with the sun <laughs> on it. Oh, oh no. gee golly! Did you happen yeah. to bring any like Therian shout or something that could get stains <laughs> out? Like the oh, you know, yeah, I to go. <laughs> yeah, the little it's... tide pen. Yeah, my tide adventuring stick. Yeah. I always bring that. <laughs> it's Theria to go. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, it's up those course. tough adventuring stains. Well, okay, let's let's do this. Let's roll a flat d20 and let's see how how lucky you are here in scrubbing those stains out. The higher the roll, the better you scrub those stains out. Anything over a fifteen, and it's almost imperceptible. Okay. I will say she was more concentrated on scrubbing her hands and her face, so they actually might be super red. But she did probably eventually notice her tabard was covered with blood and started scrubbing that. Okay. <laughs> and there might actually be holes in it, because, you know, they just use rocks then. Right. So, yeah. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> wow. She's wearing red. She, she yeah. forgot she, she, ha- she came in with a white robe. She thought she has a red robe. She probably didn't even notice her robe. She was probably so focused on her hands. I will say, listeners, I rolled a one. Mm. So <laughs> so let's describe the scene. Let's let's get back into this. <clears throat> that gave me everything I need. Uh, so <laughs> And me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would say a couple hours go by and, and people are starting to bed down for the night. The sun has gone down. And I'd say for the party... Under normal circumstances, Maddie just being missing. I think under normal circumstances, the party would be like, oh shit, we gotta find Maddie. But with everything that just went down, uh, I, I feel like a few people wandered off, so I don't think it'd be completely out of the norm, one. Two, if anybody did say, oh man, we gotta find Maddie, I think, you know, someone like Masoka or Donovan would be like, yeah, she just needs a little bit of time. She, she was kind of upset. That's it. That's all you need to say. That being said, after a couple hours, Maddie's gonna come back. And she's going to sit down in front of this fire. And one, her her hands and face are beet red. It looks like, it, it almost looks like she's tried to claw at herself. Like, it, like such vigorous scrubbing has gone down that there's, there's almost like a couple of abrasions here and there. And any cloth that would be on, on top of her scales, a scale mail, is just... At best, dark pink, where it's been soaked in water, clearly. But there is anybody who's been on the road and knows what's up, you're going to know that's bloodstains all over. Can I roll a a perception to see if I even notice since I'm all not exactly here? I, okay. Even if you're not exactly here, (laughs) it's pretty obvious. (laughs) It's pretty obvious. Yeah, I'd say say this doesn't beat anybody's, like, passive perception like i think everybody this would be this would be like someone walking in like it's like sitting down to dinner with a lampshade on their head or something like well that's new like it's very pretty obvious like my accessory (laughs) okay then envin would totally go up to maddie i don't know if anyone else is joining i i see you got this so i'll stay and just Uh, look i'll be watching dead eyes stare too (laughs) <laughs> you mean my friend and all <laughs> uh, oh. Evan walks up and it's like is that just from you giving rights because I would assume I... like once you start talking like she's gonna like jolt and like look at you like realize that there's someone near her and like look up at Anvin's face. Like, and it takes her a good second to just recognize you. You know, when someone recognizes you, you see it in their eyes. 
And then she's going to look down at her tabard and just like lift it and look at it for a second longer than she really should and be like, I I tried to clean it. Do you need some help? I mean, the orcs may may enjoy seeing a blood red thinking that you uh, were in a glorious battle, but I know you like white and I'll try to smirk. The whole time you're talking, she's really just holding her tabard up in her hands loosely and just looking at it. And then, like, again, a second too long, she'll look back up at you and be like, please, please clean it. Uh, and with that, Amvin will cast Prestidigitation uh, and, and basically hand on the shoulder saying, it's going to be okay. And then casts the spell on the robe tab tabard and that'll obviously clean the whole thing up it's like it never <laughs> happened and she's still holding it limply in her hands and she'll look back down at it and she'll just continue looking at it it was a rough day today might need to get some sleep unless you want to talk about anything Still looking down at her tabard, she'll, like, let go of it, and it'll slowly fall, and then say, yeah, I need some sleep. And then, without even looking at you, just walk towards her bed mat. Anvin, who's also not not totally always up on the the cues and today obviously giving reasons is gonna say well it was a rough day probably just tired probably just the, the everything uh and he's got his own things to work out just takes it at face value and heads back to his little cot area so we're gonna go ahead and we're going to advance to the next morning um Okay, so Maddie usually wakes up with the sun, so I'm not sure if they've given her last watch because she wakes up whether it's her watch or not, or if someone else is awake. But Maddie usually does her stretching in the morning, her yoga. Um, This morning, she just sits on her heels with her hands crossed, and then she is praying facing the sun. Uh, Donovan's kind of like disappointed because he, he enjoys the, <laughs> the yoga motions. <laughs> like after she's done praying stuff, Aster's gonna approach her. I, I don't know how long that like she's doing that for. Once the sun fully crests, you know, like once it's a full mm. circle in the sky. Because that's usually how long she does the yoga. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, uh, no stretches today, then? No. And she stands up as she says it. <laughs> I just... I, I know last night was rough for a few people, but... What happened back there, it would have been a lot worse and your suggestion was the best thing that could have happened 
with what was going on. I really want you to know that. But I, th- I think that you did the right thing. So Maddie didn't look them in the eye as Aster was talking, was looking at towards the sun, not at the sun. Uh, and she nods as after you're done talking and she's like, and she says, um, I'm glad that he was given trial by combat and not the alternative. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like he was a great guy anyway. He probably deserved what he got. Not more than that, but... Maddie's hands start to clench as you say that. And then she'll be like, yeah, that's what he deserved. And she'll look down now. He'll nod and give her some space. And then she's actually going to turn away from the sun and maybe walk towards her pack. Ooh, symbolism. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like it's time to get on the road. You know what that means, guys? That means I'm going to need a flat D20 roll from one of you. Now, do we have a volunteer for tribute? Yeah, I'll do it. All right, let's go. Hip, 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 hop. Eight. Mm. That's an eight. That's an eight. Uh, eight is great. It's. <laughs> I like it. It's an eight. Okay, so you guys are about two thirds of a day uh, thereabouts outside of this orc encampment. The weather it could be better. Uh, it's getting cloudy. There are there are kind of uh, there are spurts of rain here and there. It's going to stay cloudy all day, uh, but it, it there will be there will be moments where at least the rain isn't pouring down. Um, after several hours on the road, you guys. <laughs> will be just outside this orc encampment. You're about uh, you're about a mile or so out. But it'll come into view. Now, you're going to be uh, the, the the way the road's set up, you're going to be you're going to be off the road uh, for for a bit because what you have to do is leave the main road that would be going north towards Winterhaven. Then cross a river then kind of keep heading west uh, in, in White Wolf Alley until you're almost near the evergreen tree line. Yeah, I, I was going to ask at what point do we start seeing trees? <laughs> That's, yeah, you're going to you're gonna see that. Well, you're going to see the evergreen from miles away because it's just this mm-hmm. massive, it's this dense, you know, thick forest. Um, uh, and depending on where you're standing, above those trees, you're going to see Calcas, which is the great tree. This this is the largest tree uh, on the mainland and definitely inside the Evergreen. But uh, 
more importantly, for right now, you're going to see this orc encampment, and you're going to see smoke, firstly. Like, lots of smoke. Big, thick pillars of smoke. Uh, and surrounding the orc encampment are these huge... Uh, these huge logs sharpened on both ends. One end is pretty much hammered into the ground. And then what they do is they sharpen the other end of it. And uh, it's kind of sticking out at a 45 degree angle. Some Sometimes as exaggerated as like 90 degrees. So they're, 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 they're facing all around the camp. And what that does is make it a little harder for something to ride in on horseback or something like that. It's just obstacles. And then around those are a cadre of orcs surrounding this camp. So uh, every side of the camp is surrounded by the most unpleasant, uh, you know, sharpness, big, big orcs, that type of thing. Um, and then interiorly you have the camp set up and a lot of the the you know women children you know weaker orcs that type of thing toward the center how do you guys want to handle this as soon as um the orc encampment sort of comes into view and like aster just really tenses up like i mean they've had their 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 bow out like pretty much the entire trip like because of their of the party's wonderful traveling companions, but they like like their fist goes like white knuckled on their their bow, and they keep kind of looking towards Calcos and sort of almost seem to be like grounding themselves with that, but they're not happy. It is a strange sight. Um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, if you were cresting. <clears throat> over this little hill that you're on and you were you were looking out all you'd see is the forest and you'd see wildlife and stuff like that now what you see is this big orc encampment obviously tons of lumber you're gonna see the spot they occupy and adjacent used to be tree line now it's mm. the orc encampment and then just beyond that just beyond that is this huge thick lush forest um, so it's a weird sight. Yeah, they're gonna, like, mutter a, a curse in Elven. It's probably a slur. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that would be, but just, yeah. That... <laughs> that all depends on the slur. You know what? I'll send you some. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I speak, I speak Elven. I, I want to know. <laughs> me too, me too. Oh, I want to be hey. racist. <laughs> I, should, I just want to I, hear it. But I don't. <laughs> Did you just say... <laughs> how, uh, how far away from the orc encampment and uh, how late is it? Um, so you're about a mile out. So you could definitely see it from your vantage point, but you're, you're, you're still pretty good walking distance away a little bit. And uh, it's, it's only about, like, I, I'd say, I don't know, three, four o'clock in the afternoon, somewhere in there. If you had to get okay. a real world equivalent. So then, I guess as we're at the top of this hill, Ammon will say, we can go in. Wait, so like an, a mile out, so it's like what, two hour walk? I don't know, a walk? Uh, oh, not even. Maybe? No, it's, it's like a half hour. Yeah, if that. Yeah, if you take it slow. Yeah. Yeah. So be like, well, probably three or four hours until night. We could try to do this quickly. Or we can get up early and do it 
first thing in the morning. Um, I don't know how long this is going to take. And I look over at Ubo. Do you have any idea how long something like what we're going to do may happen? Like, uh, there is more than enough time. Okay. I'm sure. And he gestures toward the other orcs. He says, uh, I'm sure they are eager to get home. No reason to stop here. Okay, then. Uh, with that, uh, Ammon's going to pull open his book to that page and then uh, read it one more time to see if he's got it memorized and cast his newly memorized, uh, newly learned spell, Enhance Ability. Mm. Uh, uh, what is it called here? Eagle something? Eagle. Uh, it's the Eagle Splendor, probably. Yeah, enhanced ability something. Yeah, so... Huh. Alright, so I assume you're going to have to do... I don't know if it does it correct, but... I don't know, we'll see. Uh, oh, I guess I got to target myself. Uh... Use one. Use one. Target. Mainly it's just... I have advantage on charisma. Mm-hmm. So. How long does that last? That's a concentration spell, so I assume until I stop concentrating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless you have rules for concentration I wasn't aware of. No, no, no. It, it might specify it, like up to uh, an hour or something. No, I looked before. Okay. That's why I was, I was going to do it, and then I was like, oh, because I wanted to be closer. Nice. But then I was like, oh, it just says concentration, and I just Infinite. tried to look up everything. Yeah, I just can't have anything. Yeah, as long as you don't try to cast another concentration spell or yep. get hit by something. Yeah, that's basically yep. it. <laughs> and then and I, I think... give a big slap on his back. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if I do get hit, I have to roll uh, some kind of... There's a check. Roll. Yeah, I think it's yeah, a check. Yeah. Huh? I think it's con check. I want to say. I think it's con. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, it'll just give me. So hopefully, I'll be rolling my persuasion with a negative one, uh, and this will all be good because it'll be advantaged. So, uh, Jason, what's the Theria date? Thirteenth. Thirteenth of yesterday. Yep. Yeah. Um. So how far away are we from the orc camp? About a, about a mile. Okay, and. And then just for spatial reference, how far away is the tree line? If you were to walk, well, I, you could just walk around the camp, obviously, because the, the, the forest is way bigger than the camp. Um, mm-hmm. But it would take you about, if you were to walk through the camp, it would take you about another 20 minutes or so to get past it and then to the tree line. Okay. Like, they're right there, like they're right next to the tree line. Yeah. Which yeah, is uh, I, I the reason know. for a lot of conflict. Yeah. Because <laughs> what the orcs are doing, if it's not clear, is they will expand the camp to the tree line, chop down trees for more materials to expand the camp to the new tree line, to chop down more. And they just, they will never stop. Uh-huh. It's the circle of life. The <laughs> <laughs> straight line of life. Yeah. yeah. Um,. Ubo just kind of looks over the party uh, and says, It is time to go to Mozog camp. Who will come and who will stay out? 
So uh, Masoka will look at uh, Aster. Look, I have no intention of going in there, and I don't think you do either. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> that would be good for anyone. Let's say you and I go around, maybe to the back tree line. Yeah, I keep an eye on things. Really like to go see the trees or the ones that are still alive. But yeah, that'd be that'd be good. Maybe uh, draw a couple arrows, and maybe you can teach me some of those elven swears. <laughs> They smile. Anvin looks determined and just starts walking. To the I know Donovan is coming. Maddie? Yeah. Of course. Ubo nods. Good luck. If things go terribly bad, I honestly don't know if there's much we can do, but we'll keep an eye out. Evan looks back and nods. As uh, Masoka walks away, he'll give a nod to Donovan and uh, blow a kiss to Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie is dead eye staring still. Oh. <laughs> so doesn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> the game is still on. Yes. Uh, Donovan's going to put a hand on uh, Masoka's shoulder and just say, and look at both uh, at, uh, Masoka and uh, Aster and just say, uh, you two have fun. Just try not to look like scouts. Uh, I mean, just <laughs> if you're going to practice shooting, just pick a different direction. All right. I know you got Aster <laughs> looks down at um, their, their like armor and gear, which is, very much that of an elven scout from Elkhaus. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. Alright, I know you got this. And he turns around and uh, runs after the group, like, wait up! I would imagine the orcs, specifically Groon, would wonder why they stopped when they're so close. It's just like, let's go! And, uh, that you know, kind of observing you talking. And then seeing that the group is splitting up. And as... Uh, as the bulk of the group is walking toward the orc encampment, I would imagine Groon would turn back toward Masoka and Aster and just, and uh, just, like, kind of a good. I don't want you to come, and just start marching with the rest of the group. Aster is going to take a deep breath <laughs> and close their eyes and continue walking, <laughs> using all of their self control right now. <laughs> just. <laughs> Don't want to mess things up for their friends. <laughs> I still could probably wait till Groon turns around and then gives him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something was coming. It's great. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was either going to be the, the fuck. I was thinking of blowing or... him a kiss, but I didn't. You know, that was, <laughs> oh. it's already been done. It's been done. Master <laughs> <laughs> approves. <laughs> <laughs> Let's enter an organ encampment. So, 
Without these orcs here, right? The Mozog Orc Encampment would be a pretty imposing place to just walk into. I, I don't imagine it would be easy going for anybody who's not orcish to just strut on in. Um, like I said, there are tons of orcs outside the camp, just kind of standing guard, um, looking fairly alert. And they see you coming, you know, from quite a ways away uh, and would be, you know, ready for you. Uh, there's going to be openings uh, where these these pontoons that are kind of shoved into the ground, there's there's sort of an opening where someone could ride through or, or walk through or, or whatever. And there's going to be there's going to be a, a full on barricade of orcs just standing there. And as these as as Groon and the others get close, they're going to close the gap with each other. And they're going to give a pretty mighty, like, handshake and kind of embrace the real bro-hug type of thing um, to these orcs. They kind of figured that that uh, that they were dead, probably, uh, after this, this long a time. And Ubo would be able to understand that they're... Uh, they're, they're obviously very happy that they've, they've got back and... Um, uh, Groon would have vouched for you guys so that no violence was going to that you know that nothing nothing bad was going to happen to you at least at least right now. Um, and the other orcs would welcome you in as a result. They'd kind of get out of your way. Cool. Onward and forward. Mm -hmm. Groon, uh, Groon is going to turn to Ubo and kind of the rest of the party, but Groon knows that the rest of the party doesn't understand him, so it's really kind of moot. We speak with Orag now. Uh, Ubo just kind of grits his teeth and takes a deep breath uh, and says, uh, Is there no one else who could do? Orag is enforcer. Second in command. Orag does not like me. Uh, Groon is there's gonna be a look that comes uh, that comes across Groon's face like you're telling me this now and Ubo adds I do not like Orag <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gonna okay so he's gonna give like he's gonna give you that look then just that's quickly followed up by We will do what we can. I will trust you to make this as smooth as you can. This is kind of a thing where they're already leading you to it. The wheels are in motion. Like, it's tough to tough to stop the train now. <sighs> Marching. Ambin's oh, oh sorry. No, go, go ahead, say, please. Uh... Seeing this this discussion, Envin leans in towards Ubo and says, I'm going to need you to help me make sure that this all goes well. If things seem to be dicey, we need to have some kind of way out. Yeah, like teach me how to say drink in Orcish. <laughs> um, hey, Rob. Yes? Did... Do you think Ubo would have told Maddie anything about his falling out with the orcs, such as names? 
like one that keeps being said a lot that doesn't need translation (laughs) (laughs) man how much would he have told her um six months of travel (laughs) yeah after (laughs) after six months he probably would have gone over the broad strokes of it maybe like I tried to kill Orag. Did not work out well. <laughs> yes, had okay. to, had to had to flee like wounded dog. Okay. Well, like I said earlier, Maddie has basically been running on autopilot all day. But kind of like a spark of recognition comes over her when she hears Orag, 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 Orag. <laughs> like everybody keeps saying his name, even with no translation. She's like, wait a second. And she'll look towards you, and then when Amvin's like, hey, I need a signal, then Maddie will come to herself. She'll look at you, or look at Ubo, and say, do we need to turn around? I am not leaving. We took this job. We did this job. All except for one last thing I will not leave it undone even if it means to see Orag again Anvin will then also lean towards Ubo or I guess look up Uh, will there be translators or will you if I want to say anything will I have to go through you and I don't know if that's going to cause issues I am your Trends. You speak. I talk for, for you. Yes. Great. That. Okay. Will that cause any issues? I'm seeing tension. You tell me what you need said, and I will say it. We will feel our way through this. Then Maddie looks at Ubo and says. You have my weapon, should you need it, and my spells. I know that this will not be easy for you. If it comes to violence, it will probably just be Ubo and Orag. No interruptions. Can Amvin do a quick, like, look around, uh, like, with, like, trying to count the number of works to kind of like <laughs> in the camp? size up like, like he's just like as we're walking kind of like okay one ten twenty you know like keep going because like, this is yeah essentially there are okay. okay this started out as a pretty a pretty small encampment right actually you know what you're a you're a book learned fellow coming mm-hmm. from winter haven let's let's have a little check here see how much you would know can you give me some sort of give me a history check history history history. yeah i'd say you were really close to the event so give me give me a history check with advantage oh with advantage (laughs) oh yeah let's do that (laughs) he's gonna beat it (laughs) (laughs) let's do that again give me another roll better jeez (laughs) wow the dice are not on your side tonight that's not a good sign. And I have a plus five on that. <laughs> First one everyone at home was a one. Uh, so the Mozog 
originally did not exist, right? And they they broke off from the large orc encampment, which is right underneath of the Stone Sunder Mountains. And they, uh, you know, Gorgal uh, brokered a little bit of a treaty outside of Winterhaven with a group of adventurers. Uh, Amvin was one of them. So uh, they they moved, and uh, Gorgal took a bunch of people with him, a bunch of orcs with him. And it started as a pretty small encampment, but then word got out that they were fairly successful, and a bunch of people who were not uh, not really happy with the leadership going on in the large orc encampment decided to join the Mozog. Now, as of today, <laughs> there are uh, there there are almost five hundred orc in in this encampment, and the number gets a little bigger every week because one of the first things that the orcs get to, to doing is breeding. One and two. Words kind of got out, and the there's a war brewing between these two encampments of orcs because what they did was a huge slap in the face to the original tribe. That is not done. You don't just split off and leave, and you don't take resources and people from the original camp. It's it's a huge thing. So as you walk through this camp, th- there's a hell of a lot of orcs. Now, a large majority of them, probably a third of them, are surrounding the camp. But there's still a lot of orcs. And the average orc is not a small creature. Um, the average orc looks about like, uh, like Groon, a little bigger, a little smaller, something like that. So you're talking the average height for an orc is around six, seven to, to seven feet. Alrighty then. <laughs> They're big, <laughs> strong creatures. Okay. Not that I had any hope of us actually fighting, but I kind of wanted to put it all into perspective. Right. Uh, So, and then of course we'll say, I don't think fighting at all is going to be beneficial if we can find a way to keep this short and sweet and even report what we know from being in here would be an advantage for us. Dying here brings us no honor, as he looks at Ubo. We will try to be fast. Well, I mean, take your time. Emfin gives Donovan, like, a sharp look. <laughs> Do you not see where we're in? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, just keep, but just keeps going. If things go well enough for you to drink, we can drink. But I cannot make a promise. All right. Well, I guess I'll be doing some some amount of work on my own then, too. Just in case. Maddie's gonna... At this point, she's making, like, glances around the camp and looking at Ubo. And she's gonna be like, well, at least promise me that you'll try your best for us to be able to get out of here. I'm not gonna leave you behind. Hmm... I will um, try. I don't know if I'm just going to say, like, from the back a little bit, like, you guys need to relax just a little bit more. I get it, but don't be so tense. It'll help. So Donovan's not seeing any of this as a threat. Like, it, it, it's... Well, he's, like, next to Groon. He's like, oh, okay, they accept us, kind of. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if we've been getting looks from all the other orcs. Oh, you're or, definitely like... garnering attention. 
Okay, attention. Not, uh, not, they're not, okay, it's not the same looks that Groon was giving Aster or even like light, light versions of that to, uh, to, to Masoka, but you're, it's not, every time you walk by, it's gonna be like, ooh, what are they doing here? That type of thing. And some of them are obviously looking at Groon and the, and the returning party and there'd be like a, hey, that's, yay, awesome. So I would say like Donovan feels like he's part of those hey hey awesome kind of ah. kind of recognition. Like he feels like he's marching with that little group kind of. And he's also like he's tall, he's kind of burly, he's like six six five, so he's kind of like just under average average height mm-hmm. for orc. So he's like, yeah, okay, I think we, I think like I think I'm feeling this. Like uh, I don't think he and yeah, he doesn't see like the complex political nature of the whole thing. So yeah, that's where he's at. And like trying to see like oh where where are we gonna where are we gonna sit by the fire tonight? Where's the like where's our supplies? How's this gonna go down? Who's playing drums? That is that is optimistic. <laughs> that is super optimistic. I like it. <laughs> In Orcish society, the very center of the camp, there is something called the Krakal which loosely translates to the Ring of Judgment. (laughs) You remember those pontoons I was talking about? Imagine a slightly smaller version of that, so smaller bits of trees, like, really hacked down. But instead of them being pointed outward, they're pointed inward. Again, about a, you know, 45-degree angle, something like that, in this huge ring, uh, which is kind of clearly a fighting ring is just always there. It's always right in the center of the camp. And standing there is a very, very large orc. Probably the largest one you've seen thus far. Big wall of a bastard. And he is going to see the group coming. Um, and he's gonna, he's, he's gonna kind of give the, the, the head nod type of thing to Groon. And there's a few, there's a few satellite orcs kind of hanging out too. Uh, and a few of them are gonna glit out like a yeah, like that type of thing, cause the, 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 the groups come home. That's, that, then most of them are here. That's great. And then this very large orc is gonna spot Ubo. And he's gonna start to smile. Which is that he didn't smile at Groon. He's gonna look directly at Ubo, level his gaze. Runt. Ubo just stares him down. Mm-hmm. He's going to move toward the party in a um, not unaggressive fashion. He's not running, but it's he has a way of carrying himself that if we were to walk up and punch somebody in the face, it's like, yeah, no, that, that kind of fits. But he's going to walk up and he is going to grab groon by the back of his head and this 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 orc is larger than groon and just sort of like stare at him in the face what's happened and the reason he's grabbing him by the back of the head is it's preventing groon from looking away to the perceptive individual you're gonna see Groon kind of swallow hard. We were captured. 
And he's the, this is the part where he would look away. He would not make eye contact with, with Orag, if possible. But Orag's preventing him from that. And Orag's going to narrow his eyes. And then... I believe his knee-jerk would be to look at the party, almost like, by these people? That type, like, that would be his, <laughs> his initial... And he is going to level a gaze at the party, specifically Anthem. Wow. He does not look pleased. Evan's got his politician's face on. He is centered, not... It's like that focused... And uh, he'll just nod once. Then Orag is going to look at Ubo. Then back at Groon. Why is he here? Now to the rest of the party... Um, obviously, you don't speak the language, and and Orcish. I, I guess the um, I guess the real world equivalent would be kind of a a more aggressive German. Uh, two German people arguing sounds like the most aggressive thing ever to anyone who doesn't speak German. <laughs> it would just it's like wow, that sounds harsh. But they could just be arguing about cake recipes. You don't know. You, you that is their dark. <laughs> exactly. Like it's like, oh Jesus, that sounds terrible. What's going on? Then Or yeah. then Orag was all like Bratwurst, umlaut. Ich habe nicht gern. Um so this is uh, the, you are going to understand that there is animosity, but you're not going to get the exact uh you're not gonna get the one to one conversion here. Groon is going to explain very carefully exactly what happened, that you went in, you assisted them, you, you know, all of that. And that is why Ubo is here. He is also going to tell Orag exactly what happened with the, uh, with the person that you took alive. And then, you know, and then he is going to go into great. That's where the detail, he gets a little more forthcoming with details. It's like, oh, you would have loved it. I did this and this to him. Whereas a few seconds ago, he would have tried to avoid a gaze and look away. Now, all of a sudden, he's very, it's like, oh, we did, we got him back, that type of thing. And Groon is even going to go so far as to sort of reach back for Ubo, like this, this guy right here, that, that type of thing, like, yeah. Orag is going to huff. And then look at Ubo. Is this true? Every word. <sighs> Oreg is going to motion for Groon and the returning orcs to walk away to step away from the group. And when Groon tries to protest just a bit, Oreg's going to look at him. <clears throat> it is uh, in any language that the, the, the way he's carrying himself, the, that the eye contact says, shut up, don't say another word, do what I just said. And Groon is going to be quiet and step aside. Oreg is going to focus his gaze on Ubo. So, Runt, what now? 
You wish to rejoin the tribe? And he's sort of, he's sort of walking around. Just kind of, just doing that thing where you're measuring somebody. You are walking around them. Amvin is totally thinking he's doing, like, ceremonial initial, like, starting. Because he hasn't heard anything from Uba of Renslation. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's just like, okay, must be initial ceremonies. Just wait for it. And uh, as he's walking around, should we just let you rejoin? Do you think this makes up for your embarrassment? There is only one way for me to make up for what happened. And I cannot follow through on that yet. And Ubo just kind of narrows his eyes. <laughs> yeah, he would stop circling you uh, when you started to speak, and he'd be he'd be staring right at you. And he... He'd pretty much be face to face with Ubo now, almost, almost kind of like nose to nose. Any time you think that you're prepared to go again, and he is going to point back at the circle. And he hasn't, he hasn't really addressed the rest of the party yet. Still waiting. Right. It's yeah. Jay's pointing. Donovan's going to go there. Donovan's going to look at where he's pointing. Like, oh, is this party zone? <laughs> um, Ubo, through that throughout this entire incident, like the one rule Ubo knows to follow right now is show no fear. Any fear he shows will only make this entire process worse. So right. he is just like standing straight back, looking straight into Orag's eyes. You know, trying to show no fear, basically. Right. And he says to Oreg, One day, I have a job to do now. These, and he waves back to the party, came from Winterhaven. Winterhaven paid them to help find these orcs as a gesture to be more like neighbors. <laughs> Donovan's kind of like gonna like like do like two fingers to the forehead kind of salute when he feels like he's being introduced like yep I'm Donovan. Still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, He's... I guess uh, I don't really have an opportunity. I can't like look away and just mm -hmm. be like, but, "Well, let's talk about Orcish culture for a moment." I, I know. <laughs> that, he's, he's literally waiting to pounce. Orag's Orag's gonna let you kind of you know, and he is going to lean in. So this is what it's come to. You align yourself with these weaklings. Elven scum and lackeys. Must I wait for old age before you challenge me again? They fought and bled beside me to bring Mozog brothers back. 
they are worth fighting beside. There's a there's a large double-bladed battle axe uh, kind of strapped to his back. The, the, the front of him is kind of a bandolier of small knives. The guy is coated in sharp things, essentially. And he is going to draw one of the smaller daggers and just sort of hold it, kind of gripping it in a fist in his hand. And that's what you're going to hear someone shout Orag's name from behind. And Ubo would recognize this as Gorgol. Gorgol being He's the, the big boss, right? Yeah, he's he's big dude. He's high chief. Okay. And reluctantly, <laughs> Oreg is going to take a step back. Just kind of, just Gorgol would shout some things in Orcish, obviously, just like, hey, back up. Let him speak. And, uh... Gorgol would approach the approach the group, and and this is the first time that an orc would have the closest thing to a formal greeting. He's going to look at the non-Ubo party members and just sort of raise his head, just like, hey, that type of thing. Do, um, you guys remember being in high school, right? Or, or just school in general? Do you know that uh, do you know that thing where high schoolers uh, or 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 people in school in general become a pack of wild apes and there are two kids that look like they're getting ready to fight and all anybody could do is just encircle them it's like oh yeah go, go that type of thing that's mm-hmm. what this orc clan is doing right now is just like oh man it's going oh man dibs on ubo this time i don't know man he wants it more that type of thing like it's just them just kind of surveying the situation, waiting for someone to throw the first punch. And this is kind of a, a slight diffusing of that, where everyone's like, oh, yeah, sure, I got a job to do. And, and they, they start to look away a little bit. <laughs> Gorgol is going to look at Ubo. And then turn back to Groon and kind of get the story one more time. And after a few moments... Walk up to Ubo and hold out his hand. Uh, I, I, I give it the most orky handshake I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most of us appreciate your sacrifice. Thank you for bringing Mozog Brothers home. Mozog. Uh, is the word tribe or clan? Well, uh, a clan is the Mozog. Uh, several small tribes or families make up the clan. Okay. So clan Wait. would be the, yes. Clan would be the term. Okay. Yes. Mozog clan still has a short story. A young story. But today... I and these brothers, and he waves to the orcs that were enslaved but got to, you know, do the fighting against the slaver, Mm -hmm. uh, wrote a new chapter in blood 
a strong chapter together. May it be only one of many to come. The slaver scum that did this. Were there more? Uh, did any of them escape? Not that group. No, okay. Killed them all. You, you got information out of the slaver the previous night, yeah, and I'm pretty uh, sure U- Ubo would have heard. So Yeah, that they were waiting for reinforcements from Don... Dern Holo. Oh, Bandit's Rest. Yep, Bandit's Rest. Um, that was in a letter that Anvin has. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you just got a letter. You just got a letter. Ubo says, We killed all in that camp, but more camps live. More slavers. And he. he uh, at that point, you know, Ubo really hasn't gotten a chance to talk. Is, is the the boss is Groon? Um, no. Oh, uh, well, okay. Gorkal is the Gorkal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gorkal didn't get to hear the whole like you know, hey, these these are Winterhaven people kind of thing. No. So uh, Ubo like finally takes a moment and waves to the party and and says, "These came from Winterhaven, hired." By their leaders to make a gesture of goodwill in helping to find lost Mozog orcs. Uh, and then he quickly kind of waves through uh, the party and Amvin and Donovan and Maddie. Then back to Gorkal and looks at the party and says, Chief Gorkal of Mozog. Amvin nods, knowing. Probably this isn't a place to bow. <laughs> no, so, not really. Yeah. So he, he already got that figured out. Um, yeah. So he's just going to nod, but still have that same intensity. Uh, Donovan is just going to like raise a clenched fist like, yeah. So Maddie this entire time has been staring down Orag. Like even when Gorgal walked up, like she knew who the real threat was. Like she's... She's pretty perceptive and insightful, so she's like, oh, yeah, that's that's the real threat. So even while this whole time Ubo has been talking to Gorgol, uh, Maddie's been staring down Ortrag, and then as soon as he, uh, Ubo says her name, then she'll look to Gorgol and do a nod. <laughs> but then look back at Ortrag. <laughs> yeah, eventually he's going to pick up that you're just staring him down, so like he'd, he'd start to, yeah. Gorgal is going to stand there for a moment and then he's going to tell Ubo we will speak in private. Bring your people. Uh, Ubo nods at Gorkal. Is it Gorkal or Gorgal? Gorkal. Gorkal, okay. And um, says to the party the chief would have us speak to him away from here. Yes! Amvin <laughs> <laughs> would ask, of course, on the way, like, what has been said? Like, 
Well, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> before before the exit happens, Ubo kind of looks back at Orag and says to him, "One day, I will return alone. Then you will know it is time." He's going to smile again as he slips that blade back into his bandolier. And then he's going to start to walk with the group. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so walking through this camp, the Gorkal is going to lead you to this very large uh, like tent-like structure. And inside, there's a place to to sit down. There's kind of a kind of a table like structure. Basically, it's all wood. Like it's all kind of crudely fashioned furniture. Real real quick, as we're like hoofing it over to the camp, I fill in the party on like more or less the the short bits of what went down, which right. basically amounts to the boss is thankful. The second in command uh, wants to be dead, but doesn't look like we're going to cross that bridge today. Mm-hmm. And then to Donovan, we're probably not going to get to drink. <laughs> Can you try? Ubo <laughs> just gives him the look like, dude, as if I am not doing my best here. <laughs> just, just, just teach me the word, please. <laughs> so you're going to get to this place, and though it's crudely fashioned, it's pretty sturdy looking. So there's a kind of a there's a place for everybody to sit down, and this is um, a fairly decent sized tent. It's uh, made of a thick kind of uh, thick cloth material, and um, Gorkal's going to sit down, and Orag's going to sit next to him, and he's going to motion for everyone to to have a seat. And Gorkal's going to start off. You work with Winterhaven now. These are your people. Um, oh, is is Orag here question. or was Orag? Oh, Orag's there. Orag's sitting right next to it. Mozog are and always will be my people. You know I cannot be here now. Orag's going to tense up just a little bit. Gorkal's going to speak up. I know this. But for now, you work with the North. I work with Winterhaven because when Mozog can live at peace with its neighbors, Mozog can grow strong. If Mozog is to fight its neighbors, the fight should have purpose. Again, Orag's a little tense. You could tell he wants to say something, but hasn't yet. Gorgal would say, This is good. You will keep them at their word. So far, they have kept their promise. They have sent you and your people to return the hunting party. This is an excellent start. 
However, I would like to see all of the slavers eliminated. Every last one of them. Do you have information on their whereabouts? Do they have a... a home? Ubo will look back to Amvin and the party and say, like, the chief wants to know whatever we've got on slaver locations. Remind me of all that stuff so I can convey it to him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to phrase this. Uh, so we kind of talked about it before, like... Should we tell everything? Don't remember what came out of all our chat. Other than we're going to have this guy do trial by combat. But we kind of mentioned this a little bit. I mean, again, just throw the orcs at the slaver problem doesn't sound like a bad idea to me. I'm just saying. I don't know what I'm going to I'm just putting that out there. A little spring cleaning <laughs> and uh, bandage rest. I'm just thinking of the warpath they're going to create on the way. I don't uh, think we really discussed it in character. Yeah. Okay. So I will just I will just do it on the spot. Here we go. <laughs> cool. Because I don't think Donovan is even aware of the yeah. letters. Yeah. Because I don't I don't think we actually talked. We I think maybe it was just in context of the slaver. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> to which Emin will look at Ubo and say, and can't use a lot of big words. <laughs> what happens to those that are on the trail to those slavers? Ubo just kind of looks at him like, what do you mean? Mozog will not just murder anyone standing in the way. You know, like, uh, it, it, like if they're going after the slavers, they're going to march out to the slavers, butcher the slavers, and then come back. Like, I don't know. U- Ubo doesn't perceive it as a conflict, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Okay, then if that's what you say, then that actually relieves. So there's a little bit of tension relieved. We did get bandits rest, right? That is what we did get. Um, yep. Okay, I'm not gonna not gonna say anything about the stealing of. Uh, yeah, that one. I was like, e e e. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll uh, just say, uh, you can tell them they our latest intel is bandits rest. Okay, so yeah, Ubo conveys that across to Gorkal and, and any pertinent details that Amvin shares. I, I doubt we have anything like so specific as like, you know, push pins on a map, but... Right, yeah. But they definitely know where that forest is. He's going to... Uh, he's going to let out a bit of a sigh. Kind of a frustration, more than anything. This is troubling. You understand that the orcs are going to want retaliation. As they should. All of Theria is better when these slavers are bled out. Agreed. However, we are a small clan. Traveling east would 
thin our numbers too greatly. And we risk incursion with the Brugal. We need to finish the fight with the elves first. And complete our expansion. Then we travel east. Then we get our vengeance. Um. Um. Jason. Mm. I vaguely remember, like, we knew of some camps, like, I remember you saying, like, Esterhold and outside Durn Hollow and outside, like, in the mountains. Is Am I remembering that correctly or am I making this up? For what? Like, uh, loose slaver camps, like ones in the area. It was like, oh, there's one above Efsterhold, and there's uh, one. Well, what you've what you've heard about is um, essentially those slavers getting a bit desperate. The Nuval just trying to grab up, but they they lost their foothold in Durnhollow, so they've been setting up ambush spots here and theirs. But but it kind of moves around. They don't stay in one place too often, so that no one can jump them. That's kind of oh okay. I thought I reread it in the letter, but I I might be thinking of something else. Okay. That was, that was it. I'm sorry. Or in one of the letters. Sorry. Mm. No, don't be sorry. Um, Donovan's kind of gonna lean towards Maddie and just whisper, like, "I didn't, I didn't know orcs talk that much." <laughs> and he's gonna be visibly starting to get kind of like not, not twitchy or anything, but like impatient, kind of like just with the tip of his fingers, just like drumming on his on his hips. All right, all right. Maddie's going to say under her breath, I don't think there will be any drinking tonight, or at least in this camp. I hope we'll be out of here soon. <laughs> Here's the thing. As <laughs> as Gorkal is, is speaking, and this is obviously, once the, the, the way he's presenting is like, okay, this is what we'll do, and then we'll do this. That he's It's presenting it as like, okay, here's what we're going to do. This is the plan. And he's going to, he's essentially going to grab this pitcher and <laughs> sort of slam it down on the table. Hmm. Pitcher? <laughs> <laughs> and, and am I assuming uh, that basically when he says something and it's done, Ubo then just basically says it to us? Um, I mean, I'm trying to... I haven't told you the thing about the elf stuff yet because I'm I'm debating exactly what to say. I wondered. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, how in much, response how much, to that. Yeah, how much information am I actually getting? Because I want to make sure I make my replies not meted. Yeah. Well, what, what's the pitcher slamming thing, Jason? Essentially, this is... Uh, it's not a celebration, but there is a thing in Orcish culture where it's like, okay, and... Uh, our business is pretty much concluded. Let's have let's have a drink to kind of uh, to kind of seal the deal, that type of thing. So that's what I call a celebration, my friend. Oh, <laughs> I need to warn this. you of something. Oh, I heard the living in Theria. Okay, Donovan didn't. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's got a zoom. He never caught up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, yeah, there'd be—they're not shot glass. Well, okay, I guess they would be shot glasses to the orcs. Uh, to you, to, to most you know humans or, or or average sized people, they'd be like small tumblers almost. They'd be like 
it it it'd be like a like a measuring cup, like something like that. <laughs> and uh, they he'd start pouring, uh, just kind of line it up and just you know pour that type, not being particularly uh, neat or 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 yeah, just a little bit messy. And there's a smell. Sorry, uh, the, the, there's a smell coming off. That it's very strong alcohol. Like you could smell it in the air. Is this say for something. everyone? Oh yeah, he's pouring for everyone. <laughs> and this isn't like a "oh, would you have a drink with me" type of thing. It's like, and we're all gonna drink now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm debating if I would recognize this as like. You know what? Is it a deal sealer or like just a thank you for getting the orcs? Like, I don't know. Give me a history check. Well, okay. You know what? Okay. Whether this would be something you'd know that orcish society does or if this would be something you'd parse out in the moment as what he's trying to do here. I kind of want to get like, is am I getting a hint that this is like, okay, this is normal after you've done something heroic and great? Or is this something like, is there something else? Is this a new deal? Is there something I'm missing? Because trying to like this whole time I'm trying to be focused on what is actually occurring and I'm trying to put the pieces together so I, Give me I'd like an to know insight if I check. Get the see if you could pick up if it's a if it's a particularly high insight check I'd say you won't pick up speech but you will pick up like body language and how he's carrying himself and and try to read into that so give me an insight check all right hmm. man <laughs> you're there it's just you have That's not pulled above four. a 10 all no night. I haven't oh no I'd say I'd say this is the drink is obviously like it's not a bad thing, but he also doesn't seem particularly elated that you brought back these people. I, I, like, let's say they were humans, right? If this were humans and there was a hunting party that went missing and you brought back five of the six of them, I think that there'd be a pretty big celebration. It's like, holy shit, Dave! I thought Dave was dead, and Sally's here too. Awesome! I, I, I like. It'd be that. With the orcs, it's a lot tougher to read. They don't show emotions. They don't, uh, like, right on their sleeve like that. So, if this is this whole thing is a little tougher to read situationally. So, it's either that th- this is a drink to uh, to kind of seal a deal, or it could be it could be looked at as celebratory. It could be almost like, oh, we lost a we lost a we lost a comrade, you know this week we need to mourn that like it could be a few different things and it's really tough for Amvin to okay. to parse it out so um, oh sorry I was gonna say yeah Ubo as as I guess as Gorkal is pouring Ubo will ask him so so he said the thing about you know we need to finish our war with the elves were his words right mm. okay um Ubo says, Chief Gorkal, I have spent months now outside of Mozog camp. If you press the elves too hard, Winterhaven will side with the elves against Mozog. It is not good for our numbers. We must be careful how much territory we claim in the direction of Elven lands. At this point, Orag will not be able to hold back anymore. Yeah, I figure this is coming. Yeah. 
I'm going to reach for one of the glasses before it gets filled. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, boy, howdy. Okay, I'll get into the glass in just a moment. Are you drinking from this right now? No, I'm waiting for everyone. Just I just tr- okay. want to make sure, like, if we get, like, evicted, I'm going to chug it. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so Oreg is going to almost bark at Ubo. You're siding with the elves. You treacherous dog. I am doing what I can to make sure Mozog clan is safe and grows large. And uh, Oreg is, is, is kind of leaning forward at this point. It's kind of a hostile posture about him. Do you think that we fear the likes of... And he's going to motion to the rest of the party. These. We could burn that entire forest to the ground if we wanted to. We could take what's, their city. What's and, the... Um, what's the orc clan that Mozog broke off of again? Uh, the Brugal. Brugal, okay. So, so you would fight elves and Winterhaven and Brugal all at once. At this point, Gorkol would kind of put a hand on him and like, all right, stop. And he would he would address he would address Ubo. I understand that our numbers are small. But some retaliation must be made. The elves have taken some of our numbers, just as we've taken some of theirs. But they hide in the tree line. They will not fight us face to face. I also know that they will not stop. So tell me, what would you have us do, Ubo? And I'm thinking. This is Sparta. (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to see that you're thinking about it. We cannot expand further with them as a thorn in our side. And we cannot simply leave this place behind. We've worked too hard. I know. This is a good place for Mozog. I do not like the elves any more than you do. But the various peoples of Theria are interconnected. Doing too much damage to the elves would draw them together against Mozog against Brugal, against orcs everywhere. I have no doubt Mozog can defeat elves. And we should take their heads, take their scalps when they take Mozog heads. 
but we must be measured. We have strong neighbors, any one of which alone we can defeat. But together, and they will work together, we risk an end to a very brief story of Mozog. Chief Gorkal, you are wise. No one in this room at this table can come up with one plan that will go on and be the right plan forever. I trust you, and Mozog clan trusts you to change, to find the right plan moment to moment, day by day. You can tell he's he's really thinking about this. For, for the peanut gallery talking about Ubo's big words, when he's talking in Orcish, he can use bigger words. Right, yeah, because it's it's his <laughs> language. It's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still doing it, okay? I'm still doing the common orcish split here. <laughs> I'm an actor, okay? <laughs> I have a vision. No. Okay, I'm done. I'm, done. I'm the talent. <laughs> Orag is going to be looking at Gorkal while he's thinking. We can't simply sit here and do nothing. Some sort of retribution is in order. And uh, he's going to he's going to look over at Ubo. You're not going to let this runt dictate our policy. Keep us from expanding. He wants to keep us small. He wants to see all of us pay for his weakness. If we don't expand, then we will never be able to challenge our neighbors. You would run us straight into a ravine just to have us run, Orag. Gorkal's gonna hold up a hand to to Orag. Ubo. You work with Winterhaven. I know that they want us to stop our skirmishes with the elves. They have some previous treaty with them. Can you deliver a message for me? I can. We will start the expansion south. We will take as little of the tree line as we can. And he's taking a deep breath. We will leave the elves be as long as there is no further interference. 
we will expand along the tree line. Does this seem like a fair compromise? This is wise. The lands to the south are less contested. Almost Mozog for the taking. Our growth will be easy. We should also send this message to the elves. If they know we have a plan that does not have us taking more of the trees and does not have us pushing toward their settlements, perhaps they will relax their tension. Perhaps they will see that Mozog can live on their borders without skirmishing. He's going to nod his head. When the time comes, I shall make no such deal with the slavers. I trust that that won't be an issue in the future. We will butcher the slavers like dogs. I will tell Winterhaven as much, and we will send a message to the elves as well. Gorkal is going to motion towards Ambin. Can this one get them a message? He can. And then uh, Uber <laughs> turns. <laughs> <laughs> Looks up expectantly. Oh, you guys know <laughs> each other. <laughs> He's calling you know me out, but I don't know what he said. It's like Canadians. <laughs> they all know each other. Oh. We're not that many. <laughs> um, no, uh, Uba then turns to Ampin and says, We have... We have messages from Chief Gorkal to bring to Winterhaven. And Winterhaven can send messages on to the elven leaders, yes? Yes. And Ubo nods back at Gorkal, confirming that indeed Amvin can get that done. Gorkal's gonna look... Gorkal's gonna look fairly pleased with this. This is... This is a frustrating situation for an orc to be in, right? Because this is the first time in, at the very least, recent history, that the orcs are... It's kind of like a civilization coming to the Wild West. It's... You can't take on everybody, because they're not big enough. Mm-hmm. On, you know, one-on-one combat, if the odds are even, you you should probably bet on the orcs, at least <clears throat> in terms of brute combat force. But right now, they're sort of surrounded on all sides, and the elves... The elves outnumber the orcs 10 to 1, plus they have allies to the north and south. Uh, Overdale is still trying to make amends for that whole genocide thing, and <laughs> and and Winterhaven, uh, they still owe him from the war, so it, it's a huge thing. Not to mention, the Brugal, if it were just up to those two orc clans, the Brugal also outnumbered the Mozog. It's it's a huge mess for them. So he's got to be really picky and choosy about this, and that means diplomacy. That being yeah. said, he's not ecstatic about it, and Orag is outraged at all of this. Oh, you can yeah. see it. No. Just seething. 
But there's not too much he can do right now. And Gorkal would motion to everyone at the table, just kind of like, can't quite communicate, but like slamming down on the pitcher, like just, all right, let's drink up. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Lucky day for Donovan. Oh. So. Yeah. His glass is already raised, like in a cheers. And Orag would grab this mostly out of like, fucking asshole like that type of thing he's still mad that he has to sit he has to sit at the same table as ubo and and, and th- not only this but he's looked at as a diplomatic peer like this is this this runt who challenged for supremacy and lost it's like now we're now we're dealing with him like he's just fuck this like he's so mad at Gorkal and oreg would pound this back let me describe this to the rest of the party. This is a this is a fairly clear wi- a liquid, kind of a yellowish tint to it, a little bit, just kind of an amber, uh, just a little bit. You know what turpentine smells like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is one of those things that almost takes your breath away. So, okay. Skull Splitter. The stuff you find on 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 bar shelves around Theria, you're stopping you're stopping an Esterhold or or uh Dern Hollow, something like that, and you want some of that top shelf, really expensive skull splitter. That is a semi diluted version <laughs> that's fit for human consumption. This is not. This is straight from the tap, orcish. Essentially, this is the difference between grabbing like, uh, like like top shelf vodka, something like that, and then comparing it to moonshine. I'm just picturing like everybody drinking this, and then you being like, "All right, guys, go to the battle map. We're gonna have intestinal combat. Um, your <laughs> digestive system needs to make an attack roll." <laughs> so that being said, who's gonna drink? And th- I, I, I wouldn't even say that you would necessarily know this. I, I'm just saying, like, this is... Okay, everything in your body would probably be screaming at you going, uh-uh, nope, mm Your nose is telling you, to, but don't, though. I imagine Ubo's adapted enough to handle it. Yeah, Ubo yeah. wouldn't really... This would just be, uh, yeah, he's probably been raised on this stuff. That's what we put in the baby bottles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what about Maddie? <laughs> Maddie would slam it back. Wow. Okay. I like She's that. in a bad place right now. Oh, <laughs> it's not gonna get better. Oh, yeah. Drinking to forget is the worst kind of drinking. Uh, what about Anton? So there are two competing forces right now. One, <laughs> the drink being like, oh hell no, and thinking about, oh, if I lose control here because I take this, then that's just going to destroy diplomacy. Then, of course, the destroying diplomacy of not taking it. So it's like all of his like lessons of when you go to another place, you respect their culture, yeah, blah, blah, you know, all that stuff. Right. And so he's it's just like, like competing like, oh, I should, but I really shouldn't. Right. <laughs> and number three, peer pressure. Drink. Oh, yes. Drink. And Drink. Donovan Drink. like, yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's Maddie. just like nudging you. Ubo just kind of Ubo just kind of uh, looks at um, looks at Amvin and says, "Do it." And then uh, it would be I don't want to say win in Rome. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent <laughs> would be. <laughs> when in uh, Mozog camp. 
<laughs> what in hell? <laughs> so, you know, well, what the hell? And then just takes it. And dies. And <laughs> constitution checks. Well, I, oh, we'll get to it. This is... Okay. The burning sensation that's going to accompany this. Again, Ubo would pretty much be used to this. This is This is like... It's just, yeah, you've had this before. It's, it's yeah, uh, it's familiar, not not particularly abrasive. Uh, to Maddie and Donovan and Amvin, this is just too much. Like, it's just, it's like, okay, wow, what the hell? Like, I like to have a good time, but shit, this is too much. <sighs> okay, here's what I want you all to do. I'm going to have you all roll a constitution saving throw. Ubo's going to do so with advantage. Now, this is obviously for the first time... Uh, this Wow, I believe this is the first time someone's getting drunk or, or drinking uh, in Arc 2. So <laughs> congratulations. Now, obviously the rules for 5th edition are going to be a little bit different. Uh, develop a new system for it. I think you're going to like it. But first, let's let let's see where we're at here. Let's see... Let's <laughs> let's see who's, who's going who's gonna to be partying... Come on, Donovan. Oh, yeah. Hey, I had a roll like that. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a bummer. Well, uh, I did what I came here to do. Oh, oh my oh. God. Ten. <laughs> the two lightweights passed a saving throw. <laughs> too excited. <laughs> I drank too much is what it is. Oh, boy, howdy. So, okay. For those of you wondering at home, the number to beat was 11. 11 and up. Oh. So, so everybody but Donovan <laughs> is going to take the... It's going to burn. You're going to feel it just slide down your esophagus. Like, you could feel it, like, burning. Um, and the burn doesn't go away for minutes. Uh, and it, it's unpleasant. You're going to feel a very warm, tingly feeling. And you're going to loosen up a bit. Like, after a while. Uh, this is minutes and minutes going by, of course. But... It is. It's got a kick to it. You're definitely going to feel it. As the minutes tick by, Donovan's going to. Uh, th th it's gonna. Maybe he has an empty stomach. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe he's just having an off day. But this is definitely gonna. Something about skull splitter. It's gonna hit him hard. Okay. Right. So, uh, first, let's start with the positives. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, one, let's say that uh, something was trying to frighten you or, or scare you off or something like that. You would have an advantage against saving throws to that type of thing. Oh. So that that's a plus. It's also a little harder to knock you out. Like, it's it's, it's a little harder to knock you down. And, and we'll get into the mechanics of that in a little bit. Unfortunately, you are going to have a disadvantage <laughs> on a couple of different checks. Uh, anything involving uh, deception or uh, persuasion, anything involving that, that type of thing, it's going to be a little harder for you to talk your way around stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. You're gonna you're gonna slur your speech a bit. You're gonna you're you're gonna kind of trip over words, and it's, you're gonna be a little less eloquent, a little more. Blunt. All right, all right. Oh, I can live with that. Yeah, it's nothing bad right now. Now. If this behavior continues and you continue to fail these checks, obviously <laughs> things are going to get worse. Okay. 
So uh, as these minutes are ticking by, are we just like making small talk now? Or are we? I would imagine. Well, first of all, I, I would imagine that uh, he's trying to talk Orag down a little bit. Obviously, Orag is uh, extremely upset about this. And what he's asking Orag to do is pass on the word that they are not for now. They are not to venture into the Evergreen uh, on any more hunting expeditions slash um, uh, when he means hunting expeditions, he means hunting for elves, not wildlife. That has to continue because they got to eat. But they are also going to stop any any clear cutting in a westernly direction. What they're going to do now is to start moving south and they're going to expand that way. So he's pretty much passing the word down and getting Orag to spread that word to all the subordinates. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, is is there also like a minute where I can keep talking to him where he's not talking to Orag? Yeah, totally. Okay. Ubo at some point comes to Gorkal and um, kind of uh, actually uh, waves Maddie over too mm. for a moment. She'll mosey on over. Um, and so uh, like he has to talk in Orcish to Gorkal, so he can't like make it so Maddie can understand right this minute. And Ubo says to Gorkal, one reason we can work on this with Winterhaven and the elves is because this human started to teach me their language. We will need more who know common, more orcs than me. I would say tell them to learn orcish, but the humans have many writings, many books, Lots of ways to teach common. We do not have that for Orcish. Are there any in Mozog clan who you think are suited to trying to learn their language? The more orcs who know common the more agreements we can make that keep Mozog clan safe. So are um, we going to be and, playing drums soon? <laughs> 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 and and um, Ubo then just kind of turns to Maddie and, and um, he says, you know, I am telling the chief, you taught me common. You taught me what is making a bridge between Mozog and Winterhaven and other people of Theria? She'll nod and say what it what does he think of this? And uh, Ubo just kind of like holds up like a wait a second finger and then looks back to Gorkal for his answer. Gorkal again, giving this some thought. After a moment, he's going to motion toward Orag. No, not Orag. Mm. 
<laughs> Go. Tell the others the plan. And Oreg's almost going to protest, and, and Gorgol's just going to give him a look like, da da da, just go. And again, with a huff, um, kind of uh, when someone gets up from someplace and they, they kind of make a show of it loudly, just like, blah, and kind of like knock over his class, just fuck you, that type of thing. And he is going to, he's going to exit this tent. There have been visitors from the north on a few occasions. They've proposed something similar. I hesitate to do this the more outsiders we have in the camp. It makes everyone uneasy. However, if we are going to be working this closely with Winterhaven, we will need to communicate. You vouch for them. You think that they want what's best for the Mosog. They want peace. If we communicate, if we make agreements, there will be more peace. They have already, in the time since we have come here, followed through on the agreement they made when the Red One and his group came and spoke to Mozog. Correct? This is true so far. We will let a small number in. We will teach a few orc common. And in turn, we will try to teach them orcish, though they seem to be slower learners. Uh, Ubo, Ubo nods and tells tells Maddie that, that uh, Gorkal agrees that more orcs need to uh, understand a little bit of common and, and hopefully some humans can understand orcish. And, and so he's generally agreeing that, that if we get more people speaking the same languages, we can get more diplomacy done. Maddie will look at Gorkal and like in the eye and give like that approving nod, like, Hey, what you're doing, it's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's body language. A lot of body language. <laughs> mm, yeah. Gorko's going to reach out and place his hand on top of Maddie's head. Not not in a threatening manner. Not in a like, err. Like, not, okay. Not like, uh, not like Oreg was doing earlier. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty gentle. He's not as large as Oreg, but it's still a big friggin' hand uh, to be mm-hmm. sitting on top of your head. And he's going to, he's going to sort of look into Maddie's eyes and then to Ubo. What do you see in this one? 
hand still on top of her head. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, in the back, uh, Donovan is going to mirror that and put his hand on top of Anvin's head and let's like <laughs> lick at him and smile. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, um, so Ubo kind of looks at Maddie for a moment and like the thing that's going through his, his head is like, well, nobody's ever asked that like what do i think of maddie you know no one no one's like I, I feel like this is the first time anyone's like posed that question to him in any meaningful way <laughs> and ubo says you see for yourself she drinks skull splitter and stands unaffected she is tough she has strong magic to heal she she does her best for everyone and when he, when he says it he just kind of like he actually just kind of like looks down at her and, and this is probably the first time she's seen Ubo like look at her with open fondness I guess I would mm. kind of call it that it, it you know it, for the most part, it, it's always been just, like, nods and, like, you know, hey, comrades in arms. But I, I, the question has just kind of made Ubo realize that if something bad happened to her, he'd very much miss her. She's coated in blood. I like this. She can more than handle herself in a fight. She does not easily back down for help. She is brave. He's going to sort of raise his hand just a little bit and then go back down and uh, pat her on the head a couple of times and then withdraw his hand. And Ubo just kind of looks back at her and says, Gorkal, ask me about you. And I told him, you are very worthy to walk among orcs. So, this is like a minute conversation where a hand is on her head and she's being talked at and yes. like around. <laughs> yep. In a language she understands maybe one or two words of, like Maddie fights. Like, <laughs> blood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure those words are said a lot around her. Yeah. So, she, when the hand is put on her head, she has like a. She's trying to. She knows she has to stay strong around orcs. That has very much been pressed into her by Ubo. So, she's trying to like keep her back straight, but she still has a quizzical look on her face. And then, like, Ubo looks at her. And gives her a fond look, and she kind of lets like a smile slip, but then she like, the hand's still on her head. <laughs> so then she goes back to the strong stance, and then she gets a pat on the head, and then the quizzical look comes back. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ubo says to her that, you know, she's a good fighter, and that he respects her. So then she's like, Ubo, you will always have my mace. And it has been an honor to be by your side these last few months. You have taught me much, 
and I hope I could do the same for you. Ubo nods and and that that bit of fondness and kinship kind of kind of comes back into his face for a moment and uh yeah. Maddie gets a similar look like hey, we're buddies. <laughs> buddies. Yeah, high five. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do we know hey. high five? Do we? Is that a, <laughs> is that a bard thing? <laughs> hey, hey, I'm Vin. If you need to help with your book, if you buy me dinner, I can show you where my magic com- comes from. <laughs> At this point, he's like, he's like, yeah, you're pretty far gone. Goes back to my college times in, <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> Uh, just that'd be great, but we should probably get you uh, some rest. Maybe I don't know if, how much more you could take. I don't know. And you're, are you are, are you offering more? Are we going somewhere else? Is this is this party moving? Yeah, maybe maybe it is got to be moving. Uh, maybe right. I should talk to Ubo about, about where we could go. You, you just right. you just wait here a moment. All right. Okay. Don't go nowhere. Uh, he's gonna move all around the the hut. Of course. <laughs> is there like an actual ceremonial drum or something? Oh, there's there's drums sitting around. Yeah, that, that's that's an orc camp. So. All right, he's gonna go run his fingers over them. Oh boy. Uh, Amvin walks up to Ubo. I don't know how long we have before something bad does happen. And he like has it like a motioning over to Donovan. Ubo notices uh, what he's pointing out and nods. What's Ubo's cultural read of like how much longer he should be here or, or what else needs to be finished before they depart the camp? Because, uh, well, he... okay, uh, okay. So, under the circumstances, Corkal is being exceptionally reasonable. Mm-hmm. However, it is going to be very tough to sell what he's agreed upon to the rest of the orcs and have it not looked at as a failure or a setback. Mm. Also, you gotta imagine Orag's just waiting. Just waiting for a chance to gut you. Now, on top of that, he's probably shit-talking you to the rest of the clan right this second. Yeah. It it will not... You can't stay. And I believe Ubo would know that he can't stay. Yeah, that's that's Rob's read of it too. For that, <laughs> but but is there any any more immediate business to attend to before we start? No, go back to Winterhaven, deliver messages, etc. No, there'd be nothing left after the after the drinks and the like. There may be even there may be more that Gorkal would wish. Like it's a guy stay and have a meal, that type of thing. But it's it wouldn't be a pleasant one, and he knows it, and you know it, and it's. It's more like, look, you have things to do. You need to deliver messages. So do I, because I gotta go sell this now to the to the rest of the orcs. Like, you know, okay, we're not gonna butcher elves now. We need to not do that for a bit, and we're gonna do another thing instead. These slavers. That that's gonna be the sell of it. Like, we're gonna expand south. We're gonna get strong. We're gonna get big, and then we're gonna go murder some fucking slavers. Like, he's gonna sell it like that. 
Yeah, yeah. You got to make it like it's it's not that we're canceling with the elves. It's that we're prioritizing the slavers, right? Yes, that's the more immediate <laughs> threat is what he's saying. Yeah. Orag has left the tent, right? Yes. Okay. Ubo looks at Ambin and says, I will finish things with Gorkal so that we can depart soon. Excellent. Because I really don't know what's going to happen if he starts playing those drums. <laughs> uh, Ubo, Ubo nods and moves pretty swiftly back to Gorkal. Chief Gorkal, we should leave to deliver your messages. The sooner it is clear to the humans and the elves what your plans are, the less unnecessary bloodshed there can be. Agreed. I need to go speak to the Mozog as well. In all honesty, there are some days that I wish that we never dealt with the Red One or his group. Things might have been easier further north. Well, what does he mean by the north, by the way? Like, well, originally they were going to settle pretty close to Winterhaven. Right, right. Yeah. Mozog was smaller still at that point. Dealing was a necessary evil. Let me go speak with the Mozog. You go north. Tell him of our deal. And then speak with the elves. And the way he says that, it's like, you can tell there's unfinished business there, but mm. he's going to stick to the bargain. I will. And chief. Be vigilant around Orag. He is loyal to Mozog clan. But he has a narrow vision of what Mozog clan can be. You are wiser than he is. He is more impetuous. Watch him. He may try something that he would regret that would be bad for Mozog even though he wants the best for Mozog. That's going to give him pause, because I don't believe the thought up until now has really occurred to him. He's going to look away, and then, um, after a moment, look back toward Ubo and give him a nod. And then he's going to get ready and leave this tent. Okay. Uh, after that, uh, Ubo comes to the party and says, we should leave now. The longer we linger, 
the more time we give Orag to become hot-headed. Hey, Donovan, drinks this way. All right, let's go. And he's going to quickly grab a drumstick and give one one medium drum beat and just like drop the drumstick and go like, woo, team slave killers, go us, go Maddie. <laughs> Maddie will flinch. <laughs> hey, I want to do a thing before we close out. Masoka, Aster, hmm. let's catch up with you guys. We're not part of this episode. Yeah. Well, well, okay, that is my choice. But what I, what I want to do is, so you guys talked about uh, you're, you're skirting the entire orc encampment thing, and you're you're on the tree line. You're 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 pretty much uh, I'd say south uh, a bit um, near the forest. Did what? we make it? I, well, yeah. After a while, I would imagine. Um, and I'd say that you'd be able to see the orc encampment, but obviously not make out a ton from where you are. Um. What uh, did you discuss? Anything was there? Was there kind of a plan, or is it just kind of this was the most peaceful spot that you could uh, pick out that was not the orc encampment? I mean, so Aster was heading towards like Aster wanted to go to the, the trees and kind of whatever intersection that isn't too far away from the orc camp but far enough that would be that that's where they're kind of headed but I mean they definitely want to talk with Masoka along the way what do you feel like would be the topic of conversation I don't feel like so after, after like a few minutes after they kind of split off just be kind of so how long have you and Donovan known each other so, so it's just going to be just normal chit chat. Yeah, okay. I mean, we don't, we don't not don't really know anything about each other, so it's kind of. Like, no, that's fine. That's fine because like Masoka is pretty much like you just kind of got the heebie-jeebies from the whole orc thing. So, well, they're also kind of trying to distract from that a bit for both their sakes. Like it's just, I mean, if if he wants to read out, then go for it, but. I, yeah, I just thought maybe they'd probably try to keep an eye on what's going on just in case things went south there. But uh... yeah, I mean, there's no and, unless like if if Masoka would bring up the orc stuff, then go for it. But Aster's more kind of like keeping an eye on it, but might as well talk about other stuff while that's happening. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie and I met about uh, four years ago now. Was that the uh, rusty nipple? <laughs> See, uh, he came in looking for uh, a good time, I guess you could say. But I had to, uh, I had to deny him on the spot. But we decided to have drinks anyway, and the rest is kind of history. <laughs> Jason, how well known is the rusty nipple? <laughs> Well, let's see. Like in in Brightport, he would just assume everybody knows what the rest of the episode is. <laughs> right? You've been to Brightport before. I would. Okay. You know what? Do me a favor. Roll a flat d twenty. Okay. 
I'd say that's one of those things where maybe you heard that name once or so, but you don't really know. It's like, what is that? I, I, I've heard yeah, that. Okay. What, you know, that type. The rusty nipple? I... You know. Uh, you know. No, so... no, no I, 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 don't, I don't know. Oh. Sorry. It's a... Uh... It's a tavern of sorts. Mm-hmm. Drink, drinks and uh, other. Horrors. Yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of place it is. I grew up in Brightport. I know about those kind of places. Nice name. I always thought so. <laughs> you 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 grew up in Brightport too. Oh yeah it it was uh, a while ago, but. Yeah, I <laughs> grew up on the streets pretty much. It wasn't exactly an ideal childhood, but huh. I mean, if you grew up there too, you probably know not many children that come from there. It's not pretty. No, 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 no place for a child. I apologize if I ever stole anything from you. <laughs> it's kind of it's my thing there. You still have all your fingers, so probably not. And like I said, it was a while ago. It, I was in the Evergreen for several years after all, all that. But... This must uh, this must hurt you then to see uh, such devastation around. Yeah. It's, that's, yeah, a mild way to put it. I mean, the Evergreen was the first place I ever really felt like home. And, I mean, it's first the Warforge, then the Dragon, and now this. It's, none of us are thrilled about it. I only ever heard stories, really, and I don't know, being here now, I, it's kind of a shame that something like that would happen here. Yeah. I'd say after a time, this is a pretty peaceful place uh, to to have a conversation. You're going to hear, it, it's a weird, the two things you're hearing are sort of diametrically opposed because on the one side, you're going to be really near the trees. You're going to hear birds and you're going to hear wildlife. You're, you're going to hear the sounds of nature. You hear water flow. You're going to hear, you know, all the sounds that come from, like, you know, woodland hikes, that type of thing. And then <laughs> from the north, you're going to hear yelling and hammering, and you're going to smell smoke. You're going to see that kind of rise as, you know, the, the black plumes from their camp kind of rise into the air. And then eventually, you're going to see your group. It's going to be really tough to make out, but you're going to see them exit the camp. And you're going to see them kind of removed from things. I would imagine you'd be heading back. Yep. Are they coming towards us or back out to where? Probably toward, just, just kind of remove from the camp, that type of thing. Just, I, I don't know if they would know exactly where you are, so it'd probably be, it'd probably be waiting for you to, to hook up with them again. Okay. And I would say that's a good time for us to wrap things up. And the next time we sit down, I guess you guys are going to Winterhaven? I think so. We have yes. lots of business there. 
Yeah. Yeah. But on the way, I would imagine there's some stuff for you guys to chit chat about. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we sincerely hope that you enjoyed that episode of DNR. And as a reminder, one of the cornerstones of support for this little podcast is Patreon. On patreon.com slash DNDR, you can find a fantastic lineup of content just waiting to be devoured. And we keep messing with it and sending out regular surveys to find out exactly what you guys want to see there. Come this next month, we are going to be changing a bit of content and adding some new stuff based on the surveys from last month. And for now, here's a short clip from the most recent episode of Living in Theria. I'm going to give a hint at something that's really fucking huge. Okay. Uh, Okay. This is a group that I thought I was going to get to a while back, so I'm not going to give a name right now, but I haven't gotten to them yet. And right now, on Alara, there is a major event. Like, potentially world-changing. Right now, it's happening. PCs haven't found it yet. They will eventually, and I don't know when, but it's happening right this second, and it's it's one of those things that I've been prepping for and writing for furiously, and every day that ticks by, it's like, alright, what would be happening? What would be happening? What would be happening? And it will be found. And I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. If you want to hear some more content like that about Theria or behind the scenes, or you just want to support the show, please jump on over to Patreon and check it out. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and on our new Facebook group. All of that can be found on our website at dandrpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for listening.